Xbox on. Game on, baby! Woo! Hello and welcome to the Xbox One Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I'm this week's host, Delicious Cheese, and I'm joined by two guys who aren't really that interesting. Hey, guys. What up? What up? <laughs> okay, I'll be real. I've got Ross Miller. How you doing, Ross? Hey, how we doing? Yeah, that's right. I'm pretending to be nice because we're on the air. And I've got Clay Parker, Uncle Jesse. What is up, everyone's favorite uncle? Hey. I, I don't know why I'm doing that, but sure. Yeah, this is... <laughs> I, I, I made it weird. Uh, so everybody... I don't, I don't normally do the intro, so I, I, I made it weird. You can just you can just blame everything on me. So... Uh, just to say, if you wait until the very, very end of the episode, you'll hear his initial attempt at this. That's no, don't. Funnier. Don't. Everyone should just stop listening now, basically. Uh... Or, no, you can just mute it so we get the listen uh, ticked off. But should... <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking about this stuff right now. So we normally start the uh, we normally start the podcast by talking about what everyone's been doing and playing on the Xbox this week, uh, and don't normally mention that kind of unmentionable stuff before. So we're going to go straight to Clay. Clay, my man, Rainbow Six. All right, Tell us all about it. Yeah, we, uh, you know, in, in true spirit here, since we've got an interview later in the show with the creators of Everspace, I've been playing the living hell out of that game. <laughs> it is seriously good and can't wait so you guys can uh, listen into this interview that we have lined up with uh, Rocket Rockfish Games, not Rocketfish Rocket. Games. <laughs> so a little funny little backstory <laughs> in preparation for this. Made a whole bunch of notes. So it was like rocket fish games, rocket fish games. Now, I went through and idiot, corrected you idiot. idiot and every rock one of them. Can you not read? Can you not read? <laughs> it's wrong. But I've just figured space rocket, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's that's literally all I've been playing. Um, picked it up as soon as it dropped and uh, ran through the first hour and then immediately uh, paid for it and have just been playing it non stop and loving every minute of it yeah. i only played it like the one time at gamescom and i i'm at the moment i'm at a friend's house i and i'm just dying to play the game i have not played it yet as soon as i get back on the weekend though i'm picking that thing up immediately yeah so so reese what have you been playing man okay so uh what have i been playing uh i played a little bit of uh unravel have you guys have you guys played that yeah I finished oh. it. i have finished it isn't it lovely, Ross? It's a Ross. nice game. It doesn't really explain much, but it's still no. a nice game. I think I think lovely is the only word that I would use to describe it. It's a little bit sad and melancholy, and it's very, very Nordic. In fact, I, I want your opinion, Ross. How does that? Wh what does that game feel like to you, someone who's actually not Nordic, because this, or, or Scandinavian? Because from you know, I, I live in Finland, and and this game is made by. A Swedish company, and it's in Swedish. All the text is in Swedish, and it's set in Sweden. What, what does it feel like to you, as as someone who's not from here? It needs more heavy, hardcore music, right? Okay. <laughs> to be truly Nordic, to be honest. But no, like that's a nice feel to it. Like I like when 
you have these 2D platformer type games and they are in a particular setting and never owned on it. And, you know, there is a nice feel to it. It's part of EA Access, so it feels as if it didn't cost me anything. Yeah. I enjoyed it, yeah. It's not a bad game. It's not a great game. It's just a good game. That's it. I meant to ask, so so that is part of the EA Access now, then? Yeah, it is. It's worth it, guys. It's Well, of course, it doesn't cost anything. (laughs) But it's great, honestly. uh, if, If you're from up here... My my girlfriend and I, when I'm playing it and she's watching, and we're just like, oh this and oh that. It like the game really touches something that is like specifically, um, like like specifically Nordic. I can't really describe it. Like my the mother side of my family is from Sweden, and it's I don't know. It just tugs on a specific heartstring that uh, I can't really. I can't really describe in words, actually. But uh, other than that, um, I played a little bit of Battleborn because they decided to turn on four times EXP and increase drop rates for all gear. Is that so people play it? Yeah, that's just cheating. That's like everybody (laughs) get in here and play this game over the weekend. You got no excuse. Uh, So we played that, and I think there was some... Oh, yeah, and um, a little bit of um, Recore. Oh yeah, I started record as well actually. So it's good fun. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that far into it that I can give an opinion on it yet. But um, yeah, it's pretty good. So I can't hold it in any longer. I yeah, played, go go I go. I was, I was actually wafting on about the whole Nordic thing just to keep you from <laughs> keep you in suspense. So go, let it all out. I played Gears Four. Oh. And how was that? It's okay, right? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty average. Uh, you know, I played specs. it first. And it was... yeah. Oh, I love that game. <laughs> I played it in a souped-up PC that was running it in 4K. And, oh, oh. I played it on a fancy Ooh. Xbox One S before uh-huh. they went out to the public. Ah, well, Ooh, it, was nice. just, it was just beautiful. You know, it's just, I don't want to spoil anything. I've played Horde and I've played some of the single player. Okay, wait, wait. Um, Let me just interrupt you. The single player campaign you played, you start off uh, running down through like a canyon and then the storm falls in, right? Okay, so we've played the same thing. I have not played Horde though, so tell us about Horde mode. It's more judgment than Gears 3. that's the only way to describe it i'm not saying that's a necessarily bad thing it is different to both but Mm. the fact that you can position your weapons anywhere or your your drops anywhere as well as the different classes that you have enabled it does feel closer to judgment and Mm. i i loved it i can't wait to get my hands on it uh, that's What's all I'm going to say. I, just to explain to people, I was at a EGX, which is a UK version of like Gamescom, basically. Um, and they, if anyone's seen, I was trying to walk about the show floor, but the the Wi-Fi. Oh. <laughs> okay, so yeah, can uh, you talk about Ross, that second there? Ross okay. was uh, Ross was doing the using Periscope. Was it Periscope? Yeah, Periscope. It's a live streaming app that you could have on Twitter that will live stream <laughs> from your Uncle phone. And Ross gave us an amazing walkthrough of EGX showing us all of the lovely floor 
and all of the lovely shoes everybody was wearing. He was looking at the ground the whole time. He did not uh, once raised the camera above chest height of anybody. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that also took me four minutes for the sound to work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so don't watch that. But EGX is the best thing that I can go to in my country, and it was amazing, not only for playing Gears 4, but for just the idea that all the independent developers are there showing off their games. I spent more time there than I did anything AAA. So what what games did you play? Oh, I've got to mention, first of all, Black and White Bushido. You uh, you mentioned this to me uh, just uh, just like really briefly, like, holy crap, I just played the best game ever. Yeah. Uh, t- t- w- tell me about it. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> uh, four-player online or local multiplayer okay yeah. you can do two player as well if you need be but you've got a team of white ninjas and a team of black ninjas that's the only way to describe them and right. literally you are set loose to kill each other it's all platform based but you the white can only be seen when you're in the black area and vice versa so you can literally hide in the shadows of your opposite color okay that sounds then, interesting. Yeah, you then pick up uh, power-ups. You can throw a shuriken or, you know, you. it's just, it's so hard to describe. Go on YouTube just now, look up a video, or we maybe even link one. It is some of the most fun I've had in gaming in years. So and it was at a convention. You're saying we have to drag the uh, the devs from there onto the pod then? The, the devs will be on this podcast if I have to drag them out of their beds by them my, myself. <laughs> That's great. I it it, it sounds like uh, it's got like that that four player party vibe, like I don't know, iDarb or, yes, or something well, like that. Exactly, and it's just as fun. And it really, you know, considering all the huge games that were at E three, you know, huge VR demos, I kept going back to play it. And okay. that, to me, just shows as a testament to how good they've made a game. It's not complicated. I believe there is like, capture the flag modes and things like that. In fact, it's on Steam now. I just know it's getting a console release later this year, though. Okay, oh, all right. But, uh, yeah, like, honestly, like, that uh, ukulele, I'm not allowed to talk about that. Oh, you? but you played it? Yes, I've played it. Oh, that's nice. I haven't done that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it was the first, I think that's the first time you've been able to play it. Um, I played some mobile games. I played quite a few VR games, um, which I'm still not 100% sold in VR. You didn't throw mm. up, though. I didn't throw up. I did get a headache later in the day, though. But that was was that was from it... the alcohol? Or... Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. the drink. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, just anyone is EGX that took the time to come out and, and meet me as well. Thank you so much. It was a great experience and. You know your feedback on the podcast and everything was utterly amazing. That's good to hear. Yeah. All good, I presume. And no, one guy, whoever you are, can't remember your name, blocked it out, decided to run through ten minutes what would make Party Chat Podcast better. I'm not your friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'm guessing his first suggestion was get rid of Ross. <laughs> See that Scottish guy? He's dead annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That other guy that laughs too much? Yeah, you can hear it him too. That could be any of us. Yeah. I know he listens to this podcast. He'll probably have a good laugh about it. But yeah. EGX, uh, if you get a chance, if you're from the UK, it's a lot of fun. Not as much Xbox there as I would like, but 
it's worth it for the indie games. So Ross, did you record any interviews for it? Oh yes, I actually did. So I bumped into Emma from Rear, who's Hi, been Emma. on this very podcast. So she uh, very kindly sat down and gave me a small interview. Um, I also interviewed the Sniper Elite guys. Ooh, okay. And nice. Fun games. The, the Black and White Machito done. guys. <laughs> oh. Just so I could skip the queue yeah. again. <laughs> can I get an interview? <laughs> yeah, yeah. just jump to the front so you can play it. Oh, I've not played this game before. Um, but yeah, no, like, I'm going to put together a small episode and release it this weekend of, you know, the people that I spoke to EGX, just so people can get a feel what it's like at one of these conferences. Fantastic. That that sounds great. Well, will we find out what's happening in the subreddit, though, host? Yeah, actually, because I am the host, I have decided that it's best we go and find out what's been happening on the subreddit this week. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. This week in the subreddit. This week in the subreddit. <laughs> this week in the subreddit. I could this to... week in the subreddit. What, that's, <laughs> that's horrible. That's horrible. But seriously, though, I, 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 I got to listen to that woman just, just read me like the packaging on the back of like uh, a cup of ramen or something. She has an amazing voice. <laughs> very weirdly specific. I, 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 so I looked up from the PC and there's an empty cup of ramen sitting over in the on the table there. So that was why. Anyway, so the first topic uh, today is that user laughing man who is a very long running member of the sub uh has posted that the call of duty world at war is coming to xbox one backwards compatibility and also call of duty 3 so call of duty was was this the good one it's before it became (laughs) jumpy jumpy shooty shooty Jumpy, jumpy, shooty, shooty, right. It's, it's, I sort of, it all blurs into one. I gotta be honest, the last Call of Duty I played was Modern Warfare 1. It was a fantastic game. It was revolutionary. It had so many innovative and cool new ideas. It had so many cool things I had never seen before. I absolutely loved it. One and done. That was enough. <laughs> Fair enough. One like, and done. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I was saying about this, and the reason why I, I put this story in, is World at War had quite bad servers, if I remember. Well, that was I, I remember it being famous because wasn't it uh, wasn't World of War the first one the, by uh, the guys who make done Black Ops? Do Black Ops? Yeah, yeah. wasn't that the first one? Because yeah. it's the gory it one. These guys do gore. Because there's there's two. This is how I differentiate Call of Duty. Okay, there's. The one where you shoot people and dust comes out, and the one where you shoot people and they fly apart into a thousand blood-soaked pieces. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Th- actually, this is the one that... Treyarch. Treyarch. That, yeah, Treyarch. That's who it was. This is yeah. the one that I, I, I could have sworn, at least from feedback, was the one that, that people did enjoy. I think it might have just been the, the setting... Uh, I personally have actually owned this game for, I have no idea how long, and it's been sitting in the packaging until today on my shelf. I just opened it up to install it on my Xbox One, and uh, I don't know. I'll probably jump on it at some point. I, I I don't even know if the multiplayer servers are still up and running, but I might check that out, and I'm more interested in just the story. I just heard that's 
semi-decent before, as Ross said, it all went to <clears throat> absolute hell, in jumpy, my opinion. Jumpy. But yeah, jumpy, jumpy. But it, you know, it, it's on top of COD three. I think they're really. It sounds like they're really pushing to get some of these announcements out there to help hype up. Obviously, the new the new COD game that's coming. What I think it's in a month, a month from now, or yeah. is it the end of October, or beginning of November? All analogies into one. So. Just, just today, just before this, we started recording this podcast, uh, we record on uh, Mondays, um, the Battlefield 1 story trailer dropped. Have you guys seen it? Yes. No. no oh, I it's amazing. Go, it. go, go and watch it. Just don't watch it while we're podcasting, please. Um, but I know you. Um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> basically, I, I brought it up because every single comment was... Uh, not exactly kind to the Call of Duty franchise. I was just thinking in the back of my mind, because Call of Duty memes have become so perversive, uh, press X to pay respects to Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> I played were... that game. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> press X to pay respects. Someone approved that. But anyone that lives in a cave, um, there literally was one of your teammates die, and the only way to progress was to walk up at his funeral, to his coffin, and press X to play EP. Yeah, that's it, there right. Was a, that's right. There was a, a button prompt and everything. Press X to pay respects. <laughs> it's just so I, it, I can't get. They've never recovered from that. If I'm honest with you. You can't. There's some things that you can't come back from. That was that was uh, a milestone in insensitive storytelling design. Next, you know, I'm going to. I'm bringing my joypad. <laughs> i'm just excited that the tides are shifting here it seems like bat i loved battlefield 3 i think that was really when i cut over from modern war or from call of duty to battlefield was battlefield 3 and then hardcore into battlefield 4 and now one's coming out and it seems like there is a huge amount of people behind it so it's the trailer looks so good by the way for battlefield 1 the, the story trailer it looks awesome go go and watch it after this as well did they did they say that's going to have HDR support? Does anyone I know? I have no idea. No idea. If you're listening and you know, leave us a comment either on Twitter or on the posting for this over on the Xbox One subreddit and let us know because no I'm interested in HDR TV. Yeah. <laughs> I've just looked so, up 2008. So... This is COD Five, basically 2008. Okay. World hmm. War. So, um, COD Four is the one that they are. Releasing remastered, if that's correct, I believe. That that was the one that I really that was the one that I actually really yeah. enjoyed the, the the campaign. Modern Warfare. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I said too. It was great. Yeah. A good Scottish character in that. Yeah, isn't he in the so, second one as well? The I'm second one. Not sure because I gave up after that. I, oh, yeah. I, I, okay. I, 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 Battlefield Three came out on the three sixty, and that took up all my time. <laughs> Was that the first one that introduced the destructibility, the frostbite? No, that was um, that was bad company. Yeah, that yeah. was bad company. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, what else has been happening this week? Uh, Let's see. Oh yeah, Reese, why don't you jump in on this? One? No, I was just <laughs> gonna say you might notice subreddit looks a little bit different. No, yeah. I haven't noticed. Uh, yeah, no, no, not different at all. No, no, seriously, Forza. Just a little, a little game call coming out this week called Forza. We did it, guys. We did it. The first ever Metacritic score for an exclusive on the Xbox One. 
to pass 90. And I know two people that have bought consoles for Forza. But yeah, no, we passed 91 and we have uh, another theme, obviously. Uh, Props again to Mikey for for putting in so many hours. In fact, Mikey and I spend about three days straight just yelling at each other. Your idea is crap. Well, your idea is crap too. How do we make it better? I don't know. Uh, But we eventually came out with with something. Richard helped too, but he was a little bit busy this week. So uh, nice one, Mikey. Yeah, I just wanted uh, to say, Reese, for the new themes that you guys are rolling out, I, I'm really digging the review roundups. Oh, you, you like that? Yeah, okay, I really so do was, like it. That was Richard. Uh, he is our he our CSS like wizard for the most part, and he spent quite a bit of time reverse engineering those and, and making those work, and they're, they're really cool. I, I like them a lot. No, no, they're very, very, very cool. I, mean, it's a lot I also more like work. that you had, you had true achievements listed there at the very top. Yes, we have to put in the Rich other. Stone, uh, shout out. The other, yeah. Hey, Richie, uh, we have to put in the other uh, Xbox subreddits. Uh, sorry, not subreddits. I can't. I can't. I'm too deep into Reddit. The other Xbox web pages at at some point. But guys, enough joking over the theme. What about the game itself? What What about you, Clay? Are you Are you interested in racing games? I don't think I've ever seen uh, you play. I, I am. Yeah, yeah, I've, um, I was, I actually, I don't think I've actually played the previous Forza game. I downloaded, um, the backward compatible version that just came out. Haven't picked oh, it up oh, yet. I've oh, oh, holy demo. crap. Anyone yeah, who has for... not downloaded Forza Horizon 1 for free. Oh, do that. Do yeah. it now, because they are delisting it. You right. will not be able Completely. to play this game again. Yeah. Gone. Ow. So make sure to grab it. That is a, a great, a great, great call out. Yeah, yeah, it's. I'm actually really wanting to pick this game up. I'm again still sort of working through a backlog. I'll probably end up picking this one up. And I, I played a good amount of the demo. And racing games aren't typically my thing, but man, oh man, is this game great! And it gets okay. me really interested in some of those cars. So I played the. I play every Forza game because I'm a racing game nut. But Forza Horizon Two, and and now Three. They're so good because you don't have to like racing games in order to have fun. Like, of course, if you love racing games, it's like sexual chocolate. But even as a casual person who's not really into racing, there's so much stuff that you can do. Like, in this huge, open, free roam, like, the game is actually, it's not an MMO, but... When you're playing in free roam, it instances you with other people. I think it used to be 12 players, I think, uh, in, in Forza Horizon 2. Someone's going to correct me for being wrong. But um, it does the same thing here. So when, you, when you're just driving around free roaming, doing jumps or searching for barns, as, as Ross likes to do, and that, that's a legit thing, by the that way. Is, I love searching for barns in that and game. That is my favorite thing. Smashing signs. Everything you do gets, gets you points. Uh, doing burnouts, driving on the wrong side of the road, flipping your car. You, you don't even need to drive. <laughs> well, you can crash in the game. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. My kind and, of game. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the multiplayer is why I'm, I'm bringing this up. The, the multiplayer has like a whole bunch of different uh, racing modes, but it has this awesome mode which is like you play through like um, a car. It's like, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like a road trip. So everybody comes together in free roam. What happens is like a, uh, a checkpoint will spawn somewhere and everyone can see it. And everybody drives together to try and be the first one to the checkpoint for the bonus credits. You don't have to be the first one there, but 
everybody gets there, and then a race begins, and it's like a random race at from some point to some point, and then everybody races to that, and then after that race, a new checkpoint appears, and you all tear to that next place, and it might not be a race, like it might be uh, a crazy event, which is like basically, I don't know, tag with cars, or king of the hill with cars infection and, as well yeah an infection <laughs> and, and, and you play that mode and then when you're done with that you all race to the next place and you have some other completely different activity and it just it's so fun you can lose hours and hours because because the game never actually stops like you know when you're when you're playing say call of duty you know you have your your match that goes for five ten minutes and then the game ends you get your score and then you have to wait you go back to a lobby you know, it's really easy just to press B and stand up and be like, yeah, I'm done. But in, in Forza, once you pass the finish line, the game's like, all right, now here's the next checkpoint. And it's like, oh, it, it's nice. so hard to walk away, but it's is, it's, it's really fun. For the is, there no, is there no, um, like after each one of those events, is there no loading between each of those? Or is no. it, no, oh, it just oh, continues. Yeah. It just goes. I was. I was thinking, oh, well, that kind of sounds like GTA and some of their 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 modes. But then I was thinking about, no, 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 you actually have to get into the lobby and you have to wait for somebody, to, all the people to join, and then you have to wait for it to start, and then you have to it has to load back. This sounds really really seamless. It well, it does it. it does load sometimes when a when an event begins, uh, if they like fence off certain areas, if I remember correctly. But again, <clears> I haven't I haven't played Forza Horizon three, so I don't know how they. How they've tweaked it for this new version. Um, but... I'm sure we'll all be able to give our thoughts next week on yeah, you know, get some hands-on time with the game. It only came out just as we've recorded, so yeah. But I, I'm just recommending this to anybody who's on the fence, who's not really into racing games, but likes multiplayer games. Like if if you like Rocket League, for example, which has almost nothing to do with cars, you'll probably be able to enjoy <laughs> the silly. Other mode. than it. <laughs> Rocket League, Rocket League doesn't have anything to do with car, other than you're like driving around in a car. <laughs> I mean, if, oh, I, I, talking to which, I have five hundred dollars now. Wow, Jesus, man! Five. Dude, I have no words. Have you have you have you purchased stock in that company yet? <laughs> no, no, I really that, should. That is the best value purchase you've ever made, Ross. Yeah. Sorry, four. Wow. Sorry, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Four seven nine. Sorry, I do apologize. Four seven nine. Oh, yeah. dude. That's not that's 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 just lame. Yeah, it's pitiful. Okay, so let's move on to the next and probably the final topic I think because we have been talking our asses off here today, um, and that is the October Games with Gold have been announced and that was oh wow okay let me have a look at this username here, Sloip Mordenarty. <laughs> Sleep more than our chi. Anyone else want to have a go at that? Nope. Nope. <laughs> this this fellow uh, posted the, the October games with gold. Sorry, trying to keep my composure here late at night. Um, so for the Xbox One, we get Super Mega Baseball and the Escapists. And nice. for the Xbox 360, we get. MX versus ATV Reflex, which is just an awful title, and we also get "I Am Alive," boys. I, I'm actually I've never played either of these, which I'm always a big fan of. If I've never played any of them, uh, I'm really looking to get my hand, looking forward to getting my hands on "I Am Alive." I, I never picked that up. Wholeheartedly and, recommend that. 
Ooh, nice. Glad to hear. As well as the Escapist. Um, it looked very interesting to me as well. For the first time ever, other than MX versus ATV, I own all the rest of them. Oh, wow. Ouch. Yeah, I actually was quite gutted. <laughs> yeah, that happens. It was the first time it's really happened well, to me. Well, now you'll have them digitally if you owned any of them. I, I owned them all digitally. <laughs> oh. I mean, it used to happen to me a lot on just the 360, but now since I've had the Xbox One, when we get four titles, it's like, ah, it's never even close. But so, yeah, yeah. ouch. Four at once. I mean, I already own Super Mega Baseball, and oh, we actually had the developers here on the subreddit. It's a fun um, game. They, they did an AMA. Game. Uh, what, what are they called again? Something like Heavy Metal? Their name is something to do with heavy metal. They were, they were a, a really fun bunch of guys. Uh, I recommend if you're ever bored and want to know more about this game, for instance, if you're unsure about whether you want to spend the bandwidth, if you're from like a third world nation like Australia, uh, go and read the AMA. <laughs> <laughs> I went there. Uh. You, you, you know what I'm honestly a little surprised about? I was fully expecting with this month's game with gold that Forza 5 would have been there yeah that was what was one of the launch titles oh i guess maybe that would have been a bad idea that it would might deter people from picking up horizon yeah why pick up horizon when you get forza 5 forza 5 is a great game no not forza 5 forza wasn't it forza 4 that was originally the the one that initially launched with that was was five that was five yep okay that's what i meant the one that launched and where's rise reese reese what what is that rise rise moving on ross you've got i am alive then so what are your thoughts about that game let's see if we can sell this to clay yeah no, it's a it was years ago yeah a long time ago um i can't remember that much about it <laughs> do you remember I, your impressions I, well, at least I, did you I, enjoy I, it or did you uninstall it in a rage no i, I, I believe i finished it Okay, well, I remember that it is a highly stylized sort of post-apocalyptic game. It's in black and white. Yeah, I remember that much. And it's a, it's a survival game-ish. I just remember uh, there was a bit where you, you were on a bridge. That's the beginning of the game. You, yeah. You start the game by... You, <laughs> no, well, really the, the, game, the game has a lot of... Um, the game is like set, like I said, in a post-apocalyptic world. And there's this fog... That's highly poisonous. So everybody is in like the ruins of high rises, staying, staying above the ground, and you have to do a lot of climbing. Um, and the game has like a mechanic where you get tired, and but once you start climbing, you're like committed, like you can you can rest, but you have like this particular meter that. Uh, if you exceed, you like lose health permanently. It's it's a really interesting mechanic. Basically, if you exert yourself and climb too far, you'll fall and die. Uh, so that was one of its defining mechanics that I can remember. And you could like, pacify as well. Couldn't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. If, if if you point your gun at someone, even though it's out of bullets, they'll they'll react like you're pointing a gun at them. So they'll like put oh, their that's a cool hands mechanic. up. Yeah, it was. It had a lot of interesting ideas, but of course, it it, it was a small game so it's it's a little bit limited in scope but i mean for free and if you like survival climbing games with that are a little bit different i i really recommend it i don't know 
if it's the same sort of game that the people who like MX versus ATV Reflex will be into, but you know, yeah, there's bruh. something for everyone. <laughs> bruh. Bruh. Get us out of here. Bruh. <laughs> I, I've I've ruined this is the worst podcast ever. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's 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 shift gears. Let's talk about this last topic before we jump into our interview. Minecraft is the first crossplay game on Xbox One and PS4. Except it isn't. Guys, yeah. what do you think about this? Isn't it, isn't it just a rumor? Yeah, it, it was very quick, quickly. The tweet was removed almost as quickly as it appeared. And <laughs> no one has spoken about it since. But, I mean, Microsoft owns uh, Minecraft. So every copy of Minecraft on every other system technically belongs to Microsoft, at least in, in an intellectual sense. So it would make sense for Minecraft to be a multi-platform That's... game because Microsoft would have nothing to lose. Right. So uh, what games... But basically, we don't really have anything to talk about when it comes to this because it's all hearsay and conjecture and the tweet is gone into the ether and whoever posted it is probably in a lot of trouble. But <laughs> what games would you guys like to see come to cross play and not minecraft that's cheating <laughs> fifa oh fifa come on that'd be, that'd yeah. be no i mean yeah of course but i mean that's that's easy that's like that's like saying you know elder scrolls like <laughs> um no i like, genuinely just so that we could settle who's a better fifa player Ooh. xbox one or ps4 and i reckon because of the controller xbox one would be triumphant if you ask Mikey, and I have done on several occasions, he would definitely tell you that the Xbox One gamers will, will come out ahead on shooter games. Wow, hmm. oh, yeah, okay. Doom? Doom? Yeah. Doom would be awesome. I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's already really multiplayer, one. yeah, but the multiplayer was so forget, forgettable that I actually forgot it was a thing. The single player for Doom was so good that it just completely overshadowed its own multiplayer mode. <laughs> And the most important one, Rocket League. Oh, well, that's, that's a that's a no that's yeah. a no brainer. That, I mean, and of course, happen, that'll happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's already cross play on every platform, and with the PC, and the developers have always been saying like, yeah, we want it, we want to cross play, we want to cross play. Agreed. That, I, you know, the the one that I'm thinking of is just coming back to I think an earlier comment was GTA. I mean, that's and. I think would be a non first person shooter <laughs> that is heavily multiplayer fo- focused would be a good one to uh, provide through this. So Reese, what about you? What are you thinking? First thing that pops into my head is uh, actually elite dangerous. Um, yeah. Open the world up more. It's, it's yeah. already cross play in a way in that the PC and the Xbox one share a data server. So if, like all, because the game's economy and politics are player controlled. So if if everyone starts moving like all of the the space beer from one station to another, that di- the the economy will dynamically shift, and that happens across both both platforms at once. And for example, if I if I'm the first to discover a planet on the Xbox One and get my name on it, that happens by the way. Uh, people on the well, PC will also see my name on said 
planet, but you cannot see the other people. The uh, like you cannot like an Xbox One player and a PC player will never bump ships Cross into paths. one another. Yeah, um, I think that having everybody in a single thing, like like Ross said, to open the universe up more, because you know space is ronery, and and we, we need <laughs> more people. I was talking about that once. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You that did. was my favorite thing ever by the way just, just by the way of... if you're listening to this podcast and you don't stick around until the very very end you're missing out on some fun stuff don't do that today though don't do that today you should well, you actually should do that today. Stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right then how's about we head over and listen to this week's interview xbox snap this week's interview all right everyone welcome to today's interview we have a very special guest here with us today we have michael shade from rockfish games and they have just released their new space shooting roguelike game thing <laughs> on the uh <laughs> the, the id at xbox um the early access program and uh say hi hi guys yeah i couldn't have described the, be- the game better than you did <laughs> i know man. i was, <laughs> I was, was thinking, on. it was like <laughs> wow podcasting 101 someone saved me but i think i managed to pull it off it's, it's great it's great to have you here today michael thanks so much for joining us on the podcast sure yeah thanks for having me here so um while we've got you here how about you tell us a little bit about yourself who are you and, and what do you do and, and also tell us a little bit about rockfish yeah, um, so, well, I, I run the studio together with my best friend, um, Christian Lohr, and um, I met him back in 89, studying machine engineering in Hamburg, and um, wanted to become great machine engineers, but then we started working on silicon graphics uh, workstations, doing computer-aided design, and long story short, uh, I took the computer graphics route, ended up in mobile gaming with my previous studio, Fish Labs, also together with, Fish, uh, with Christian. Okay. And we did like 35 uh, kind of console type three mobile games. Um, got a lot of features uh, from Apple. Most um, popular game was Galaxy and Fire series. And um, that is sitting like on 30 million phones worldwide across all uh, mobile platforms. Hey, that is not bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we had a pretty harsh exit because uh, the market changed from like premium games to primarily free to play. Ah, you had a premium. Yeah, right. and to be honest, that's not a cup of tea. So we um, nice we to brought, hear. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. We, we brought a new team on board. Um, we had investors breathing down my neck uh, to move to free to play and tried and tried really hard. Couldn't raise more money. Actually filed for insolvency. Really tough thing. Eighty people were kind of anxious about their future and stuff. And at the end of the day, we had a hostile takeover where Christian and I got kicked out of the studio and had literally oh. nothing and had to start from scratch. Ouch. Ah. <laughs> um, but you hear me laughing because um, we managed to sign a console deal working on something pretty similar compared to Everspace. Got our best people back, like everybody who worked on the Galaxy Fire series because they were really super keen on like working on a new generation of consoles back in the days. And um, yeah, that project got canceled after nine months and we had, had to start all over again. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> it, was not, it was kind of rough, but uh, we, well, today we can look back at it as a paid training to get a grips with Unreal Engine 4. Mm-hmm. And we started Excellent. over again. 
yeah, we started again. And uh, yeah, then we did Everspace and did a Kickstarter last year. And Microsoft got uh, notice of that and say, hey, we kind of like that game. Maybe we should work, to work together and bring that to Xbox One. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's, that's one hell of a story, really. Yeah, like, that's wow. My, that's my short version of the long story. <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to have to get you back on one day for like a couple of hours special yeah. and you can tell the whole thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so you had mentioned the, the Kickstarter campaign and how it attracted, you know, Microsoft got attention from that. You raised 420,000 euros <laughs> through your Kickstarter campaign. What was that? What was that like for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we were we had we had high hopes for this campaign because we had a, a green light campaign on Steam prior to the Kickstarter as a how to say a trial campaign and to get a to get an idea if how how's the concept perceived by potential players and such and what are the stretch goals that we should have in the Kickstarter campaign and we had 17,000 votes on steam and we had like 89% of the votes were yes we want to have that game so that was a good start and um, <laughs> and then we we set up this uh, funding goal of 225,000 euros which is pretty much 250,000 US dollars and um, because we i mean we, we were still Kind of new to all this PC thing. We're coming from mobile, had this installed with Galaxy Fire, but we didn't expect to be like in the millions for something like Elite Dangerous or <laughs> other uh, rock stars there. Um, yeah, and of course we were super excited when we hit that goal. But then when Chris Roberts kicked in with his shout out on the um, Robert Space Industry Forum and recommended us uh, like Everspace to the Star Citizen backers, then like there was really like it felt like a friendly armada was coming over and uh, back us. So that's, I, mean, I mean, Chris Roberts, right? I mean, who's yeah. more popular in space games than Chris? And right. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually was planning to ask you that. I'm just going to skip ahead because I, I was going to say Sorry. that Chris, no, no, really, Chris Roberts and also Brian Fargo, uh, who is uh, a giant in the industry, yeah. have had really, really nice things to, to say. They were basically gushing over how good your game is. Like, well, what is it like to receive praise from like these big industry heavyweights like that on, on your first game too yeah i mean this is it, it's hard to describe because although we have like 10 years of track record and really making great mobile games and mm -hmm. won a lot of awards it still feels for us like we are the new kids on the block in terms of pc and console gaming yeah and then those i mean heroes right yeah um, yeah they, they come over and write about us, hey, this is an awesome game and we love it and everything. You Your jaw drop. And of course, you feel flattered, but it's, I, I don't want to say you, you panic, but this is more like, oh my God, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this is this is so cool. I think this is how it feels like being fanboying, although you're not 20 or 16 anymore. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I can also <laughs> tell you that the guys who, who made uh, Elite Dangerous Frontier, yeah. Uh, after Gamescom, we were having a discussion one night at uh, over dinner, uh, and they were all enjoying. You're uh, very excited for your game as well. Just, just, just so you know. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, it feels like there is um, a friendly competition uh, amongst the space game guys. It really feels like, I mean, we have been neglected, or that genre had been neglected for for decades, mm -hmm. and now it seems like the more space space games, the better. I mean, I, I read some guys, oh, this is another space game, riding the hype train of space games and so on. But I feel like 
yeah, compared to how many first-person shooters are there and RPGs and such, still, I think it's it's not like an overcrowded genre. It's just like all of a sudden there are many more. And uh, it's just fantastic to be part of that. And I mean, Chris Roberts, shout out, is, is a prime example how you can work together, although you are within the same genre, but make very, very different games. Mm-hmm. Now, you did mention games like Elite Dangerous earlier. And what sets your game apart from all these popular space games that you've just mentioned? Mm. Um of course, when we when we started with Everspace, we really sat together with a team and thought about okay, what what kind of space game concept can we come up with without um, being too close to what's out there? And of course, we we would have to plan with a much smaller development budget. And uh, I mean, roguelike. There's a reason why roguelikes are come primarily from indie studios because they have small budgets. And this whole roguelike thing is like you create uh, a certain amount of uh, props, enemies, weapons, uh, upgrades, and such, and you create your levels uh, procedurally um, mm-hmm. because you simply don't have the production budget to create everything like every level and then like have like 20 levels and such. Um, but what nobody has done was like so far to our knowledge, uh, combine that with really the high-end looks and audio and such and i mean this is something that we have done at least on mobile and then it was just for us the next step to do this uh, on pc and console so that was really sitting at the core and um i think it's the the way that we throw you into the action the immediacy um of like enemies approaching you shooting at you um but also the the control so we what we get is like well this this doesn't control like a space sim and the reason is, yes, it is not a space sim. It's an arcade shooter. It's actually it's a six degree six degrees of freedom space shooter, which is why we have a very different approach uh, for the controls. And um, so people who, who get that and uh, really embrace it as it is not a space sim, they love it. People who are expecting Everspace to be a space sim are a bit disappointed because it's that's not the case, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Michael, I was actually just on that point there of getting into the explanation. We we didn't really ask you for you to go ahead and explain to our listeners <laughs> hey, what the game is. I mean, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's some really awesome aspects to the game. And I was just hoping you could go into a little bit of detail about, you know, what makes Everspace Everspace. Yeah. Um, well, it's. As I said, it's like this one more run, one more try. The, what we what we were trying is like, you start with your small lim- nimble fighter and um, the odds are stacked against you, so you will die. No matter how good you are, you will die. You will die a lot and you will suffer and you will curse and you will <laughs> say, oh, damn, that game is really brutal. And um, I, in the, in the beginning, you will have the feeling I suck, but then after you died, you get the credits that you collected during the run and you can invest those credits to upgrade your ship permanently. And then you will realize, ah, I'm getting better. I'm getting to the next sector and um, I can handle the enemies in the in sector one and sector two quite easily. And then you understand how the ship mechanics work. So we have, we have not so many features compared to other space games, but the stuff that we have has a lot of depth. 
So to just to give you an example, while we're doing this, I'm still watching a streamer. He's playing Everspace now for five and a half half hours straight. <laughs> straight. He all, yeah, he's it's crazy, and he's awesome. He only has 142 followers. Elf people, uh, 11 people are live on that stream right now, and he's playing this game now uh, in the Daredevil mode, which is like no shields, but all your uh, weapons have like 25 deal 25% more damage. And of course, you have to play that game in a completely different way opposed to as if you have shields and like the regular weapons. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's really the, the replay value that we have. And since all the levels are generated procedurally, every time you play it, it is completely different. You will never see the same things um, in the same way happening. We do have some standard props that are combi uh, combined with each other, though you will remember and uh, certain things that are like, okay, I've seen this before, but still everything is completely different. Well, that's that's awesome. And um, earlier you were mentioning that this is like an arcade, uh, like an arcade space game. And that was a genre that disappeared for like more than a decade, I think. And um, I, I played your game at, uh, at Gamescom. And all I thought of when I was playing it was, holy crap, this is like Freelancer 2. And <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, like, what were some of your, your inspirations for like, like TIE Fighter or Colony Wars or Freelancer or, or, yeah. or what? Yeah, I mean, of course, all, all of those games, we, we love them to play them. And, um, but the main inspiration is really coming from... FTL and Freelancer. And one of our fans said there was like uh, Gamescom last year when we had the Kickstarter. They said, oh, this looks like a love child of FTL and Freelancer. And I was like, well, can I copy that that claim for all our marketing? <laughs> just, just put it on the box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because this is really what it is, right? Um, it is... It is really FTL, the, 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 the core mechanics of FTL combined with the 3D flying around, shoot stuff, the prettiness, and so on of Freelancer. Well, yeah, I mean, when I, when I came back uh, from Gamescom, I wrote up like a big post, and uh, everyone had a lot of questions about this, this Everspace game because it was generating a lot of hype, but no one really knew anything about it. And I, I just said, it's Freelancer 2. If you like Freelancer, buy this game right now. And everyone was like... You just sold this game to me in that one <laughs> sentence. Like that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, <laughs> so, so that's, yeah. That's yeah. Although I have to admit, um, Freelancer Two. I, I assume if we if we ask Chris, right, mm. um, it would be a different game uh, than than EverSpace because in Freelancer you have that sandbox uh, universe, which yeah, is something that we don't have. So we do have our sectors. They are much smaller than an than open sandbox game. And um, yeah, I mean, some, some people criticize Everspace for, oh, this is not sandbox. That's not what I expected. Yeah, if you are going for really a, a full-blown Freelancer 2 worthy sequel, this is not Everspace. But it, at least I think um, we got the feel of Freelancer, but combined with FTL. And uh, the third pillar, pillar is really uh, what we had in Galaxy and Fire, the series we did on mobile, is is the story. And um, just to give you an idea, it's, I know it's not on your questions. Um, when the team approached basically me and say, well, we want to combine FTL and, and Freelancer and make this like we did in Galaxy and Fire with like the 
the colors and the, the vibrant colors and, and stuff. And I was like, oh, really dying all the time. And I hated it. To be honest, I hated it. I was totally against that idea, that vision. But the team was really strong and persistent and said, yeah, but there are very successful titles, uh, roguelikes like um, not only FTL, but also Binding of Isaac, um, Spelunky and Rogue Legacy. And um, there are really nice mechanics. And if we if you can take the best and uh, of those and bring these together, this is something kind of new, right? And um, I hated it until I played Shadow of Mordor. And I really suck at killing orcs. I have to say, I love that game, but I'm really bad. <laughs> so, And I died so many times. I was so frustrated. But every time I died, I got those experience points. And I could invest the, these in like unlocking new skills. And with those new skills, I came back and said, hey, orc, asshole, this time, my turn. And I chopped <laughs> off his, hop, uh, his head and the, the blood spread and everything. I was, ah, this was so satisfying. And when I had that experience, I was like, ah, this is how a roguelike works. And of course, Shadow of Mordor is not a roguelike, don't get me wrong. But it's like, this was the moment I got what the team was wanted, uh, what, what they wanted to create. So I went back to the team and said, hey, I played Shadow of Mordor. I'm really bad at the game, but I got better because I died so many times and then I could improve myself. And um, But there's one thing, we, I agree on your vision, but there's one thing you need to promise me. I, I want to have a third pillar, which is like the storytelling. Because this is something that Shadow, Mordor, Shadow of Mordor does really nice. Although you can walk around and kill all those orcs and get better and stuff, then there's still this main story. And you can follow that main story if you want to, but you don't need to. But it really keeps you, at least me, going on, continue killing orcs, getting better and all that stuff. So you have a progression, a story progression, that sits on top of the core gameplay. And I really like that um, that mixture and that combination. And this is the same way uh, how we want to approach the storytelling in here, which is, of course, a bit tricky because you die and you start from scratch. <laughs> right? um, and just to add another uh, little story, when Uwe, our creative director, and I, I mean, Uwe works with us since 2000, and um, he really did the, he was a creative director for all the titles that we've uh, done so far. And we were taking a road trip from, from Hamburg to Nordic uh, in Malmö. So it's like we were sitting together in a car for five hours straight, right? No chance to run away from each other. And then we talked about the story and then we, we thought as well, how about if every time you die in combination with a certain progression within the game, there's a memory flashback and uh, you start to remember what is this all about. And every time you die, you get more information. What is this all about? And based on that um, concept, we worked on a story that we think makes sense in a roguelike scenario. And um, if you remember Edge of Tomorrow, which was pretty much the time when the movie came out when we de uh, designed Everspace, I really liked the way how Tom Cruise had no clue what's going on. Every time he dies, he comes back and understands a little bit more how to defeat the aliens. And this is the idea, and this is what's the inspiration for us on a story style of Hanks. Okay, that's actually such a, a video it's, it's game a perfect... mechanic, isn't it? If you think about it, that. that... <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised no one's thought of that yet. Can I just <laughs> double check, is um, Everspace's ending better than the Shadow of Mordor's? Because that was a terrible end boss. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you find out next year when the full release is out. 
So uh, basically, what's going to happen is Michael's going to walk into the office tomorrow and like strut, strut, bleh, straight away, right up on like the whiteboard. Like ending has to be better than Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> like new team direction. That yeah. is oh. not hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, um, so one one more detail about uh, the team. We're a small team, ten guys, right? And nine of the ten wow. guys have been working together for like for ten years on space games. So they're really working close, very close together. And Marco, the, the lead artist who's like behind all those great looks and such, he, I think he finished Shadow of Mordor in two days with only the standard combat. He didn't even upgrade it. He just was blocking and the standard attack. <laughs> um, so they're really, they're very skilled. And then Andreas, one of the game designers, he's playing those mobile games very, uh, how to say, very challenging. And then the levels are like, you see the pattern flowing down your screen and you have to avoid obstacles. And the challenge is like, you have to remember the pattern of the level and then every, you can't see anything. The screen is black and you just have to beat that. So this is the kind of level they appreciate the challenge. So that's why they're so much into these roguelike things. They really go for these super hardcore challenges. And, um, and then I said, well, I guess that's not for everyone. So can we please have that in a hardcore mode? So this is one of the things that we're gonna add for the final release. Um, right now, Everspace is a pretty tough game, but for those guys who really love permadeath and it's super cool and really nasty surprises, we will have a, have a hardcore mode for all those super, super hardcore, high-end and super skilled gamers. I'm going to have to stream this because I'll end up throwing my controller across the room. <laughs> I can't handle stuff like that. That's crazy. Roguelikes are already hardcore and you're, you're like, no, yeah. it needs to be harder. It's like, I, I'm guessing these guys play like Dark Souls with one hand while they're sipping their oh, coffee. Oh, they love they, They're all over. They love Dark Souls. And it's, it's really like the, the, the biggest concern of um, the two game designers, they're also co uh, game coders and, and um, the lead arti uh, artist is... The game is too easy, as it is right now. <laughs> yeah, really? because, yeah. So, and um, you, you see, like, Uwe and I, we are, like, Uwe, our creative director and I, we're a little bit more into those which are uh, great storytelling and so on. So we have to find some common ground, but we still have to keep the super hardcore roguelike experience in there. Uh -huh. so, so speaking of things that will be there come time the game launches currently in the game there's one ship that you have available to you how many ships will we are you anticipating you might have available for people to either purchase unlock not sure how that mechanism will work but once the game rolls out will we have more than one yeah we will add two more ships uh even Ooh. this year so it's planned to add the scout uh colonial fighter end of October, which is like a smaller version than the ship that you currently see, the Interceptor. And it's it's more agile, it's faster, it got a weaker hull, obviously. and uh, But it also comes with uh, sniper weapons as a starting gear. <laughs> and the next ship will be on the other side of the spectrum. It will be a gunship, which is more heavy, clunky, uh, more armor, and it comes with an upgradable turret on top. Oh, very cool. Can't wait to get my hands on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot of people are really anticipating the gunship, but um, I can say the scout is in, in our current build already, like the, the build that we're testing, and this gunfighter is a lot of fun because it's so agile, and if you 
buzz around those asteroids. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why we had the level, the way that we designed the levels in, in Everspace, it's really like totally not how space is in reality. So it's very condensed. Oh. Yeah. I, I thought space was really pink. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we, we, we get that quite a lot. Oh, there's sound in space. That doesn't make sense. And there are explosions. That's not true. We're like, yeah, we know. Tell it to George Lucas. But it's awesome. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just for the looks and um, for gameplay reasons. Um, because it's we think it's really fun um, to fly between those asteroids and have your, your dogfights in there. And sometimes you can trick um, the enemies and they crash into asteroids, and it's a lot of fun if if you can see them like miss the last turn and crash into an asteroid and blow up uh, things like that. And um, yeah, so it's a it's a different approach. Well, one thing that everyone knows that listens to this podcast is that Uncle Jesse is terrible at video games. So <laughs> could you help him out and add some multiplayer support so we can go and boom or? <laughs> Yeah, that's also something that we get a lot. So is there multiplayer? Is there any co-op? Well, thing is, um, multiplayer doesn't fit uh, a roguelike very well because of this, you start again and it's about you and the challenges. So that's one thing. The second thing is we have been working on something within the same uh, genre and we worked on co-op multiplayer. It worked well, but we know it's a lot of work. Um, yeah. So the, the project that we have been working on prior to Everspace, we worked with an, uh, a second team that had experience in doing real-time uh, multiplayer space games. And uh, so the total team size was like 24 guys. And I can say from that experience, every feature that you do in multiplayer, um, like technically, takes about two times or three times longer as if you uh, do it in single player. Yeah. And Right now, we're just a small team. It doesn't make sense. So we rather have a super polished single player uh, experience um, than a checkbox. Yes, we got multiplayer, but it's not great in there. Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, it's we, we found out during our Kickstarter campaign by differentiating us, uh, Everspace as a single player, um, it, it really gave, gave us more, how do you say, um, it was better to distinguish uh, or to, to differentiate us from other titles because so many space games, they do have multiplayer for a reason. And of course, it's great to play with others and we love that ourselves. But if you can focus on single player, you can really nail that and you, you don't have to do any sacrifices because of multiplayer mechanics in there. Yeah, just look at something like The Witcher, for example. Yeah, Witcher, Fallout 4. Um, I yeah. mean... It is, I sunk uh, 250 hours into Fallout 4, and I'm not even at that point where you have to decide which faction you're following. Because I simply turn every stone and look what's underneath the stone. Like, oh, cool, another weapon. Oh, oh, this is nice. And who built this and who built that? So, yeah. <laughs> so, how, how has your experience been so far working with uh, Microsoft? Because you said they were the ones that, uh, that noticed you, and especially the... The, the preview program in particular, because, you know, we're big fans here of the, the preview program and, and we love getting indie devs on the podcast. And, and so so tell us how that's working out for you. Yeah. Well, we know this, the Microsoft guys for quite a while, even back uh, in our mobile days, we were constantly in close contact. And I was always trying to sell them Galaxy Fire on multiple platforms to them. Um, uh, but they said, well, if we work together, we want to have something new and fresh, which, which makes sense. So eventually we, we got together 
And I have to say, really kudos to Microsoft. We have been talking to pretty much any publisher you know on a planet um, who does PC and console games. And Microsoft was by far, um, they were the ones who got the concept of this, what we were trying to achieve immediately within the first meeting. So the, the questions they brought up uh, about the roguelike mechanics and mixing that with the high-end visuals and the story was really spot on. And um, so from the very uh, first meeting, I had a feeling Microsoft is a partner who really understands what the vision of the game is. It's not about having a great looking game on the platform. It was really about, okay, we want to have this game and um, for, for certain reasons. And, and we were really talking about uh, details of that game very, very early on. And then it took only four weeks to sign that deal with them, which oh. is, I think, astonishing for a large company like that. And um, and so far, it's, I mean, we have been at, with Microsoft, at GDC, EGX, Gamescom, um, Insomnia, E3, um, NerdHQ, Comic-Con, and a couple more events I, I don't have in my mind right now. So, I mean, this, the the amount of love and support we got from Microsoft, like to to be in contact with Xbox um, players and such and really spread the word, it's, it was just fantastic. And right now for like getting the game out of the door for Xbox One and Windows 10 coming soon, um, there's so many people on the Xbox team helping us because obviously the Xbox uh, Play Anywhere program is super new. And um, so they they really support us wherever they can uh, to get us through all that certification, which is of course more complicated as if you just deploy a game on Steam or GOG. Yes. Um, it, this of course this is a different thing and um, super helpful. It's a new system, so a lot of things don't work as we expected in, at the beginning, and of course there's a learning curve, but um, the amount of support is, uh, is is really is just awesome. Well, I guess that's the good thing about the preview program. You know, the whole learning curve thing is that you release it on the preview program knowing that it's not going to be good, but you can get it fixed before actual release. Yeah, right. I Honestly, I think it's just awesome. And for small teams like us, it's just the perfect way. I understand people uh, like players are kind of some some just wait and see and want to see if, if the game is like finished and done later on. Because, uh, of course, there, there are always projects that um, are not completed, uh, although they launch on early access and all those things. Um, but for small teams, it's the way to go because you get that feedback from your fan base early on and you can adapt to this. And, and a lot of changes that we did to the game, like in, uh, improvements and additions, are based on actual community feedback. And it makes a better game in the end. Yeah, so... What, what can we expect, actually, in terms of new content and features coming to the game by release? Yeah, so... That you can tell us about. Of course, yeah. So we already talked about the two, um, two ships, ships yeah. uh, player ships coming. Then, um, of course, the whole story is not in there. Um, a, it would be a spoiler if we have parts of the story in there already. But more importantly, the game mechanics really have to be completed because the story is so uh, tied in with the things that happen in the game. If we change things in the gameplay, in the progression, the story just would blow up in our face. Um, so we have to finish the game, the underlying game first. And once we're done with this, we can add the story elements because it's not only a, a main campaign that will take about 20 to 40 hours uh, to beat. There will be um, 
story characters, they have their own storyline, which is interwoven with the main story that you are going through because of all your deaths and rebirths and uh, remembering what happened and then why you're doing this, who are the bad guys, who are the good guys, or maybe see the other way around and such. And um, since this is all based on these procedurally generated levels and there's a, there's a great amount of uh, random uh, randomness in there, um, these things are really um, have to be planned and played through a lot of times to make sure that they work, which is also because we have to wipe all save games um, when we release the final game. Because otherwise, if you have a fully equipped ship and you're super strong and everything, you, <laughs> you won't die uh, often <laughs> enough <laughs> to see all the, the cutscenes and, and the story bits. So the story I is... Think that yeah. I was just going to say that that makes sense. I mean, we've seen that with other preview program games as well, where, you know, it, you, you, I, I would think that you can't really expect that as a as a user um, coming in there to have everything unlocked right from the get go when the when the full games release that would sort of ruin the the fun of it, I guess, going yeah. going back through it and really experiencing it as you guys intended versus sort of beta, helping you guys uh, move it along and test things out in the, yeah. before it's released. Yeah, true. Yeah, so these are, and, and then of course it's the hardcore mode, hardcore mode I already mentioned, and on PC we will have full VR support for Oculus Vive and HTC Vive. So, the, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually the, we, we already have rudimentary, rudimentary support, um, VR support in there already. But it only works if you're flying in space. Okay. Okay. And so, and there's there's no HUD and there's no UI yet, because again, HUD the HUD and UI need to be completed before we can start working on that in VR. Because doing that in VR, um, it most likely it will take a completely different approach. Um, how we display uh, stats and in-game information and such, and so it doesn't make sense to work on that while we're still working on it for the, the regular game. So these, these, these are the main features uh, coming with the full release. That and then of course, amazing. Yeah. I, I won't lie. That sounds <laughs> okay. amazing as, as someone that is thoroughly enjoying the game as it is right now. Uh, I played the first, what was it, the free hour that you have from the yeah. preview program and then immediately uh, picked up the rest of the game as it stands. And I can't tell you, it's it's absolutely beautiful just flying around. And when you had said just one more run, just one more run, I was up till I think almost three in the morning. <laughs> the other <laughs> night was going, all right, just one more, just one more. Let me, yeah. all right, I've just upgraded. I got to see how this performs now. All right, just one more, <laughs> just one more. Okay, it's, you know, this, this, is, this is absolutely awesome to hear because this is exactly what we wanted to achieve. So, um, and, and again, it's the kudos belong to our game designers, the, the team who really came up with that idea. And um, yeah, lucky me, I gave in and said, okay, yeah, let's do this role <laughs> <laughs> It's a great, it's a great concept. It certainly sets itself apart from that. And to Ross's comment about me being horrible at games, you guys have added an awesome little, I can't remember what the term is, but there's a little module that you can install on your ship. It's, I think, mainframe override that you can hack an enemy ship and they will assist you in the game. <laughs> or my, my personal strategy is 
I see a whole bunch of guys come in that are about to attack me. I immediately beeline it over to the nearest friendly freighter and, uh, and hide behind it to try and get them to, to assist that's me. A valid, in the that's a valid strategy. And actually, there is a challenge. Make it to sector four without a single kill. <laughs> this wow. Is, this is exactly how you do it. The, and the streamer I, I just mentioned... Um, by the way, he's still streaming, so he is clocking like five hours and forty-eight minutes right now. I can see it in the back uh, background. And um, he, when I joined his stream, he was actually doing this, so like to sector four, and he's so skilled. So uh, anytime you have the feeling you, I'm not good enough at that game, watch that guy. His name is Ninaku, N-E-N-A-C-U. He's really don't have he doesn't have a lot of followers, but he's so good at that game. Um, so we we watch his streams um, to get more inspirations for for the game. To learn how to play your own game better, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know if you have been pre-warned, but we do have a bit of a serious question that we have to ask you. Okay. Okay. Now this may go against your morals to answer, but I'm afraid I'm going to push you for an answer anyway. And that question is, what classic video game character could you knock out with one punch? <laughs> I wish I could kill all those orcs in Shadow of Mordor with one punch. <laughs> and, and to do that, I would just be Marcus Phoenix and take I my... Love you. <laughs> yeah. to take my chainsaw gun and just saw them in pieces i've had that dream as well <laughs> it is you know Ross playing, a bit of a playing gears of playing gears of war marcus phoenix and then um what what's the the rifle name again the, the lancer the lancer yes of course the lancer in close combat Man, this is so satisfying you, hey you you heard it here first. They're adding a lancer with a chainsaw attachment. EOC <laughs> <laughs> confirmed. Ah, okay. Just, just strap it to the bottom of the ship. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? So your answer really is an orc. We'll take that yeah. as being an answer. Okay, good. Great. So thanks, Michael, for being here. That's all the time we have. Um, it was it was awesome to have you on here. Um, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, where can they find you on Twitter or on Facebook or where? Any 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 account that we have goes to my email address. I'm sitting on ten more than ten channels. Um, yeah, I'm probably the the most the, the fastest way would be Twitter and Facebook. It doesn't matter if it's Rockfish Games or Everspace. Okay, fantastic. Well, we wish you the best of luck with your game, and thanks again. And we hope to have Beck on here sometime soon. Oh, yeah, I loved it. It was great fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank See ya. You. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Thank you, Michael, for that awesome interview. And for another week, Xbox, turn off. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. And I totally just channeled. <laughs> 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 I can't say it without. Oh.
And each week, <laughs> each week we count down. I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> I'll do it again. No, no, no. Just keep going, brother. This is perfect. Okay, okay. we keep going. Well, boys, I think that brings us to the end of another episode, and I am never being the host ever again. Are uh, we not having an interview this week, or? Well, did... For sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you can do is you can edit that and put it on the end. And then I'll Snap make it... this week's interview. <laughs> yeah.